what's going on everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast i'm les and i'm mo and this is the les and mo show Hello and welcome back to the Less and Mo Show. This is episode 16. We hope you are enjoying the show and if you can, please like, share, subscribe and leave us a comment so we can discuss the topics with you because we love talking with you guys. So go ahead, you know what to do, interact with us. We'd love to get to know you better and talk about these cases. As always, you can find us at the Less and Mo Show on all social medias. And if you're watching on YouTube, please click the like button and subscribe to our channel so you can get updates on the next episode. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, give us a rating and follow our podcast. Now let's start with today's episode. Today we're talking about TJ Lane and the Chardon High School shooting. TJ Lane was born Michael TJ Lane III on September 19, 1994. TJ's life was unstable to say the least. His parents were both arrested for domestic violence before TJ was three years old. His father was a very violent man. He was arrested for assault on a police officer. He also had several assault charges brought against him for assaulting multiple female acquaintances. It's unclear if TJ had a relationship with his father because he would rarely open up about his home life. His friends would say that all he ever mentioned was that it was rough living at home. In his teen years, he lived with his grandparents in Chardon, Ohio, and would attend Chardon High School as he awaited a transfer to Lake Academy Alternative School, which was a school for troubled youth. This school was for children with mental illness, behavioral problems, and learning disabilities. TJ would use the internet as an outlet for his pain and anger. He posted multiple cryptic messages on various social media sites. One message was a dark poem he had written in class. The last line read, Feel death not just mocking you, not just stalking you, but inside of you. Wiggle and writhe, feel smaller beneath my might, seizure in the pestilence that is my sight. Die, all of you. TJ clearly felt anger towards others and desired to hurt people like he was hurting. He was often bullied and teased from time to time. This would motivate TJ to start weightlifting so he could fight these bullies. On February 7th, 2012, a 17-year-old TJ would enact one of his violent fantasies. He went to school just like every other day, but today he was armed with a 22 caliber gun. He walked into the cafeteria of the school and sat down and he looked around seeing classmates eating their breakfast before the start of the first period. At 7.30, he stood up from his table and opened fire on fellow classmates. He would shoot multiple male students there, After fleeing the cafeteria, Lane shot another female student, but was chased out of the school by teachers and a football coach named Frank Hall. Upon police arrival, TJ was captured, fleeing towards his vehicle while trying to get away. With TJ in custody, the police and paramedics searched the school to assess the situation. They would find six injured students. Russell King Jr., who was 17, was the first target of TJ's. Witness Nate Mueller, who received an injury to the ear from a stray bullet, recounted that TJ was aiming at King directly. King had recently started dating Lane's ex-girlfriend and also threatened to beat Lane up. Wow. This left many wondering if this was his motive for targeting King. 
King, along with two other students, Demetrius Hewlin, 16, and Daniel Parmator, were also pronounced dead within 48 hours of the shooting. Witness and victim Nate Mueller would survive along with two other students. Joy Rickers, one of the victims, sustained minor injuries and was released from the hospital within 24 hours. Lastly, Nick Walzak was the final victim and was shot multiple times in the neck, back, arm, and there was even a bullet lodged in his cheek. He would survive, but his injuries left him permanently paralyzed. Holy cow. So there was, uh, there, so there was Russell King, mm-hmm. Nick Walzak, Daniel Parmator, and okay. Demetrius Hillen. So there's well, Joy Rickers as well. She was the only female. So five of them, four six. of them died. No, three of them died. Oh, okay. And the other one survived. Wow. Two teachers, Frank Hall and Joe Ricci, were named heroes for their actions during the shooting. Frank Hall, the football coach and teacher, was the one to charge Lane and chased him out of the school. Joe Ricci, a math teacher, heard the shots fired and put his classroom on lockdown. He would hear moaning out in the hallway, so he put on a bulletproof vest, went into the hallway, and discovered Nick Walzak and pulled him into his classroom where he administered first aid. Nick's family credits Ricci with saving the boy's life. That's crazy. I didn't yeah. know that teachers had like bullet bulletproof vests. Like, when I just... read that, I was shocked by that too. But at the same time, once the school shootings kind of started becoming more frequent, they mm-hmm. did start arming more teachers and um, schools with protective equipment for those situations. But he's just lucky that he was in one of those schools because there's That's not so crazy yeah not every school has that so, so I, I was actually in high school when this happened i think i was a junior yeah and that's so crazy to think about it i wonder if like they had that at our school if teachers had like bulletproof vests that's insane to think know. about it's pretty nice we definitely did um like um what do you call it like tests or training or whatever drills the drills, drills right yeah. drills and they would um specifically for an active shooter and the drill was basically just turning off all the lights and they would have like a, uh, some of our classroom doors had like a window like yeah. a, and they had a shade that you would pull, okay. making it dark in there and then just moving towards the back of the room. That yeah. was the drill. I mean, we didn't even have drills at my school. I don't ever remember having an active shooter drill like ever once. I think that it happened a few times. I'm pretty sure in one of my classes we talked about it, but like all the classrooms had like all of these like windows along um, the backside of them mm-hmm. and you could just pop them open and climb out there. Most of them are at ground level. So I think that we talked about it in one of my classes might be homeroom. We just kind of breezed over it, but my school never. No drills. Yeah. Had our, a drill. our school also had a lot of security and a lot, yeah. like some of them, like the head of securities were like actual like police officers mm-hmm. in the city. And so like we had that too. We, well, we had one resource officer, Officer Bales, rest in peace. You were the best, but he was the only one that we had at our school, and it was a big school too. So it surprises me that we didn't have drills and more yeah. resource officers. But honestly, though, I mean, shout out to the football coach frank hall to charge at him and literally chase the guy the active shooter out of the school i don't know if he was out of ammo or what it was but 
maybe he just intimidated him. I don't know. He probably was like changing rounds or something. And then here comes that this takes, big football coach. Yeah, it takes a lot of guts, man. That's insane. Yeah, it, it, it does take a lot of guts to do that. I mean, we've seen other teachers <clears throat> take action during situations like that and not be so fortunate. But he was at the right place at the right time and clearly had the right actions in order to make, you know, make him flee. Yeah. So... But friends of TJ were in utter disbelief by his actions that day. When they asked what Lane was like, most of them would comment that he was pretty nice to them, um, but he was pretty quiet and reserved. So he didn't seem to be someone who would cause such chaos and violence. Um, he seemed like a normal teenager. Some say that there were warning signs that TJ was violent. In 2009, three years before the shooting, he was arrested at two different offenses. He was arrested for tying up his uncle while his cousins beat him up, and then he was also arrested for hitting another boy in the face. Besides that, he also had violent posts on social media sites, and they, you know, all these signs were red flags, you know, that he was going to get older and it was going to turn to bigger things. It's so crazy, the whole leaving your uncle in a chair, or like tying your uncle in a chair while your cousins beat him. Like, yeah, they did say that the uncle was violent towards his cousins. So that's kind of why they did it. And it was like vengeance for mm -hmm. the cousins to get back at him. But yeah, that's that's nuts. Yeah, it's, that's 14 not... year old doing that to their adult uncle. Yeah, that's a big warning sign right there. <laughs> You know, many, many facts, including TJ's name, age, and pictures of his face were denied to the media until the judge would decide to consider TJ to stand trial as an adult or a minor. This would put TJ into a juvenile detention center until the judge and the prosecution could make a final decision. Prosecutors would try to get him charged as an adult, and they would succeed in doing so after a mental health assessment of TJ came back as clean. At first, TJ denied being the shooter, but eventually he would plead guilty on all charges. He was charged with three counts of aggravated murder, two counts of attempted aggravated murder, and one count of felonious assault. On the day of his sentencing, TJ entered the courtroom and took off his dress shirt, revealing a white t-shirt with the word killer written on it with a black sharpie. He would also smile and laugh during the trial after being sentenced to three consecutive life sentences with no possibility of parole. He would turn to the victim's families and said, This hand that pulled the trigger that killed your sons now masturbates the memory. Fuck you all. He then flipped them off before being escorted out of the courtroom. This wasn't the end of TJ's story. You know what? F this kid, bro. I felt bad for him in the beginning because like, he was exposed to so much violent violence at the beginning of his life. And you can't help but think he's like what happened and how he is as a person is a byproduct of that. But for him to go into the courtroom, knowing he's being tried as an adult, to write the word killer on a friggin' t-shirt and wear it openly and happily, then to say what he said to the families, F this kid, bro. No remorse. No remorse. You're POS. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. A lot of the stuff that's been going on in the news lately, last week, you know, yeah. there was a shooting in Buffalo at, at the market. That was pretty sad. 
just, oh, you know, don't, like, bully anyone, man. Bullying is so bad. Yeah. Like, you don't realize it when you're a young kid, like, mm-hmm. or even a teenager in high school, or even as an adult. But it could lead to terrible things. Well, and as a parent, I know some people are not equipped to make these decisions, but, like, before you even have kids, get yourself right before you project your issues onto them. And then it it does become a byproduct of you and your life, like how you react to things, how you do things. They Kids soak that all up. And I, I mean, living in a violent situation. The environment. Yes. And then enacting those vi- that violence on other people. Like, get right with yourself before you raise children you know i know it's it's just a bullying thing man like parent parents bullying their kids you know calling them names well you know when they're young and that's all they know is just or hitting their kids or you know Mm -hmm. but in 2014 less than a year after being sentenced and taken to jail tj managed to escape with two other inmates so his chaos was not over yet um, the community of Chardon was totally in fear of TJ again, and they were all on high alert. Why wouldn't you be? You know, police, they advised the residents to stay in their homes and lock their doors because the men were considered to be armed and dangerous. One of the men who escaped would be captured within hours, but TJ and the other escapee would not be captured until the next day. So the three criminals were then moved to maximum security wow. prison. Good. Awesome. So the tragedy, you know, that unfolded at the hands of this teenage killer had like struck the community and it still does for all these years later. It changed the way faculty, students, future students and parents looked at the school. Um, it, It took them and it's still taking them time to heal from the incident. But those who survived the attacks, they've gone on to live their lives to the best of their ability. But they're definitely scarred by more than just their injuries. It's safe to say that on the day of the shootings, their lives were changed forever. Um, this is just such a heartbreaking case for so many reasons. You have a teenage boy who was so lost due to being exposed to so much violence from his parents from the jump. Um, he just was in a lot of pain and he was suffering and he wanted other people to feel how he did. And he did that instead of seeking help. And it's just very, very upsetting. But it's more upsetting for the victims who literally were just living their lives as teenagers at school, not having such serious like worries. You know, why would they think that that could happen to them? It's just truly sad all around. Yeah. And I mean, you know, mass shootings is such a terrible thing especially in the u.s i I think like this year we've had like the most ever like over 600 and we're only like halfway through the year not even halfway through the year and especially like last saturday when that shooting in buffalo happened at that grocery store i was like so disappointed and that whole scene was just like live streamed yeah the way that that guy did it and you know i'm i am really big on self-defense like you have to learn how to defend yourself. Like, yeah. you know, whatever it may be, you know, if you're doing jujitsu, learning some sort of martial arts, or if you're learning how to handle a gun properly, um, 
going into a grocery store or a public place and looking at all the exits. It's weird to talk about this stuff, but with these types of situations happening more and more, you know, you have to think about that. Like, yeah, you don't want to be in that situation. You want to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Like you said, look for all the exits. I had a friend who was a cop and he said the same thing. Always know where your exits are and keep your back towards the door where people enter into a room or into a restaurant or whatever so you can see what's going on and you're not just oblivious to what's going on around you. And it's like you said, it's friggin' sad that it has to be like that. But nowadays, people just don't care about lives and the importance of people's lives and just trust your instincts don't don't bully people man that's such a bad thing i know there's a lot of campaigns now against bullying but just be kind it still happens yeah be kind to each other and just be prepared but um yeah this was a it's a sad episode when whenever anything like this happens it's not good when there's innocent lives just being lost Um, On that note, we are going to bring this episode to an end here. And as always, we appreciate your support. We can't wait till next Sunday for another episode. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get updates and on your favorite podcast app. With that being said, the The more you know, know, the the less less you fear. fear. So So tune tune in next week right back back here. here. Bye.